0: Hello and welcome to the Day to Just Get It. My name is Tyler Chisholm and I'm excited as I always am accused of being of sitting here with my guest this morning, Miss Lauren Pryor. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: Excellent. Y'all uh, y'all. Y'all ready for Stampede? <laughs> <laughs> Smile. I'm Sorry, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> My authentic country accent.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I am. I got my jean skirt on. I'm I'm ready.
0: Excellent. Well, it is coming up on Friday? For uh, this will probably be launching through the course of the summer. But Stampede is bearing down on us, and we're in Victoria Park, so we have the joy of having the Stampede, uh, the Cowboys tent, like literally like half a block from here. I saw that. I'm not sure how that's going to go. My st- I'm not sure on my staff. I think there's mixed uh, there's mixed feelings about it right now in the office. <laughs> Um, Lauren, thanks for coming on. You and I have known each other off and on for quite a few years. I think I met you through my wife, and uh, you guys maybe met each other through oil and gas, I yep. believe, if I'm not mistaken. And, yep. Um, we haven't chatted for a few years, but I've been actively following you on social media as you've been kind of Im- evolving your career and kind of changing your path. And I thought it would be exciting to have you on board. I think you're doing some really cool things as a an entrepreneur, a female entrepreneur, someone who went from the like literally the nine to five. You know, there's, the, my, there's a joke. Like, there's being entrepreneurial, and then there's actually being an entrepreneur and making the jump, and you've made that jump, and I think that's a cool story, uh, especially with a lot of the things that are going on in Calgary right now, and a lot of people striking off on their own to do their own thing. Um, so maybe tell us a little bit about what you're, what you're up to right now in terms of, like, what is your business currently, and then we'll get into the backstory a little bit and tell, see where it all got here.
1: Mm. Um, sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on today. You're welcome. My pleasure. Um, and so right now, I am doing personal training. And then I'm starting to do more branding and marketing for other personal trainers and other health professionals. Okay, when you say other industry. health
0: professionals, what types of industries specifically?
1: Um, like nutritionists. Okay, like p- pretty much anyone that wants to help someone else and make their life better. Oh, that's a
0: nice way to put it. And you and I talked a little bit offline. We have we have a common background, and I was in that in that in that industry for quite a few years, and it was definitely plagued with a problem of a lot of people that deep down really wanted to help, but they weren't. Like, uh, well, people aren't, they weren't good at the business side of things. They weren't good at getting themselves out there. Right. And if you build it, they will come. It's not, it doesn't happen. If you go and you get certified and you do your LJ, no. Right? no. <laughs> Clients don't come beating down but your But the door. idea is nice. Yes, it, it is. The fantasy is beautiful, actually. Yeah. I've, I've, yes, there's a lot of industries like that. Um, so when you made the transition, because you were, you were in oil and gas for quite a few years?
1: Yeah, I was in it for 10 years.
0: Oh, wow. What what did you do in oil and gas? Just I did
1: um, business development for an oil and gas engineering firm.
0: Okay, so you worked on the service on the services side. Yeah. Okay, so you were out in networking and co- constantly like meeting people. So I'm just thinking of that as a as a good groundwork for this skill set that you have today.
1: Yeah, and I did a lot of their internal marketing as well. And oh, okay, so, that, so
0: you so you did have the opportunity because I know that industry is you know, and again, I speak from personal experience. They're also famous for not investing or putting a lot of value into marketing sometimes, or they weren't back in back in the quote unquote the good old days.
1: Yeah, they um, they struggled a little bit, and that's where I like I had free creative realm to do whatever i wanted so that was a good opportunity to learn oh, so on. that's
0: a good side of that environment where you don't have the the quote-unquote like self-proclaimed marketers they're like did you just do it like we're engineers we don't even want to we're scared of it we don't understand <laughs> pretty much oh so that was a great proving ground and were you doing because you yourself you're an athlete correct
1: mm. yeah i am
0: what's your what's your background from that perspective
1: um i did track and field until the end of university and then i competed in crossfit
0: Oh right! Oh, CrossFit, nice. Because yep. uh, when did CrossFit kind of hit the scene? Kind of early two thousands, early mid two thousands.
1: I believe it started in two thousand. I think the first games were in two thousand and seven.
0: Okay, wow! They've come a long way in a short period of time, like yeah. in twelve years. Because it is now like it is on the international stage and in a big like. Yeah. There's big money behind it now. Absolutely, <laughs> literally I literally was kind of in a field when it first started.
1: It was in a ranch. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> and how many? How many times? Did you, how many times were you at the games?
1: I went to the CrossFit Games three years and then i think i went to regionals after another 3 years
0: right on how was that must have been an interesting experience
1: yeah, it was surreal, I guess you
0: could say. <laughs> I was watching if you search your name online and with the plus CrossFit, there's some videos of you getting your, your proverbial butt handed to you in some of those competitions. I, yeah. I was watching some last night, actually. Yeah,
1: I'm glad that's documented. <laughs> you know, I
0: think that's the nice thing about in this day and age, like nothing's sacred, everything's out there in the video. You're just one Google search away <laughs> from like from from an event that you maybe were proud of or maybe not. But you were there and you did it like that. You were in that was a high level of competition. Like those were not people that were there to mess around. They were there were some hardcore guys and gals.
1: Yeah, they were there to compete. That's for sure. Yes,
0: they were there. Was, and when you were working on gas at the time,
1: yeah. And so it was good that my job was flexible enough doing sales that I could get my training in.
0: Okay, so when you were training full time for CrossFit, what what kind of hours like? What did that look like?
1: Um, I was lucky that I had a good coach at the time, okay. and so I had good programming. So my training never really ran more than two hours a day. Okay, which was good. <laughs> I know most
0: people were like. But she said she said that like that wasn't a lot, <laughs> only two hours. I was I wasn't sure what you were going to say next. <laughs> Which for most people, we would consider that um, a fairly high uh, training regime. So with the clients you work for, you work now, what, what do you simply, like, if I'm going to get in shape and I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to call you afterwards, what can I expect? Like, what, what, does, what does the average person need to do? I'm putting you on the spot here now. What's the average person need to do on a weekly basis to, like, I say, well, there's get in shape and then there's stay in shape. I guess there's maybe two sides to that question. Mm-hmm. Share, um, share us some training advice.
1: <laughs> um, it's always different for everybody. Well, and so I know, yeah, right? No, you're right though. You're right. I would have said the same thing. <laughs> um, Cause like if you came to me and you're super stressed out and not eating well, then maybe walking five times a week for an hour is great for you to get like to the next level shape. If you're already doing that, if you're not stressed out, then three to four times a week is good.
0: I think that's a really interesting point. I had a, I had a speaker years ago and what he said, he goes, the worst thing that happens, he goes, you take these type A kind of corporate people that are super wound up tight. And then they decide to start running five miles a day on a treadmill. Yeah. And their body just like literally falls apart because like, don't forget that exercise is stress. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're just cr- creating a response to it. But if you're already st- kind of tapped out and you have no resources, it's maybe not, maybe I, I like what you said. Like if you're already here, maybe walking is good. Let's yeah. start
1: with that. Absolutely.
0: But I think we do fall. I think uh, the fitness industry, which, you know, you and I have, I've spent time in, the more is better it really permeates. <laughs> you're shaking your head. No, it's not. No, building a proper program. Mm.
1: Yeah. Having a yeah, just being smart about it is the best way.
0: And getting I think well and having a trainer, or a coach. I'm a huge advocate of that. Like yep. don't I think there's a lot of this like human we have superhero syndrome of like, I've never worked out before, but I should just inherently know how because I have a
1: body. Yeah. And the what? internet. <laughs> oh yes. When I first <laughs>
0: started training, the internet wasn't a big competitor back in like around the early two thousands. It wasn't as big of a deal. We're now, oh my God, everything's advice is
1: free. It must be great. Yeah, there's so much so many programs and trainers and celebrity trainers
0: celebrity quote-unquote trainers trainers. yeah just just because someone's in good shape doesn't mean they know how to help you get in good shape I think that's a good little caveat (laughs) so you worked in oil and gas and was fitness a calling for you like and it was your own passion you were doing it as uh, but did you always have that side that wanted to drive towards helping people
1: yep so when I graduated university I took kinesiology and psychology so right away Hmm. I was like in the fitness realm and then I worked as a trainer but the that the situation that I was in just wasn't viable for me, so I okay. switched to oil and gas and did sales, and then I always had my company part-time on the side, or I think since 2008. Okay, so it's
0: it's always been kind of at the table for you. Yeah. It's, been, it's always been part of your life.
1: Yeah. And so I did boot camps, because there was a downturn, I think, in 2008. Yep. And so, yeah, well,
0: yeah, that was the global downturn, which Calgary, we kind of got away really lucky. I think it was like a six-month downturn oh, okay. versus, yeah, the, most recent, versus yeah. the most recent one we've had, which is another story. The but. perma-turn. But yeah, yeah. They, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Um, and so I did that part-time, and then I just kind of stuck with it. So I did, like, programming for people or nutrition, and then I always took more courses because I was really interested in it. And then at the time, I was always interested in marketing myself with it. Okay,
0: it so. was the dream at that point to one day I want to run my own business and do my own fitness related, or was it just always just going to, it was just part of your life?
1: Um, no, I was going to do it eventually. Okay. When the timing was right.
0: All right. And well, for a lot of those people out there that maybe kind of have that that, that version of that for themselves, what did, what, what does when the timing was right, what did that look like for you? Like, what was it? Did you get kicked into it? Or like just sometimes uh, life serves it up? Like, what, what happened to make you, to give you confidence to make that jump?
1: Um, the opportunity just came. Okay. And so there was, it was, Three years ago, so another downturn. Okay. And I was doing more and more coaching and I went to Heaven's Fitness to see if they wanted like a nutrition coach. Okay. And then I met with Helen and she's like, We're looking for a fitness director and I think you'd be great. And I was like, Okay.
0: Sure. Let's so, do it. Sounds sounds to, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it just shows up. Okay.
1: And so I was really lucky in the opportunity that I was able to go from one full time job to another full time job in the fitness world and not having to take that risk as an entrepreneur. Like I was safe.
0: Yeah, okay, that's, uh, which makes a huge difference. And, and I think it's, it's good to understand that you don't always have to go straight to it. No. You can step into it and getting into the space and getting into the street. So that was only three years ago, so that's not that long ago. No. How was the time? Yeah, it probably feels like about five lifetimes, though, doesn't it? <laughs> um, how long, how did that, how, how did moving, how, did, how was that environment for you? Mm.
1: I loved being in the fitness realm full time. Okay. Uh, the people, like being surrounded by the other trainers and clients, like it was, it was really refreshing, I guess.
0: Did you, and uh, no, and it's, it's because I worked in that environment and, it, and it's, it's, it's great and it's awesome to be in it, but it can also take its toll.
1: <laughs> yeah. It can be overwhelming. And Cause it's
0: like literally nonstop. Like you're, you're like, you're doing clients in the morning, you're having breaks, you're doing clients. The and then if you're managing other trainers, that in itself is a full time. Like, uh, the fitness industry, I found like a lot of people I met got into because they were so passionate about it, but then it burned them out.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what I was feeling like being a manager and training people. And it just became, it became too much for me. Okay.
0: Did you have, like, I'm always curious from, you know, I, I know myself, it's been a big factor in my life. Did you have mentors that were helping you from a business perspective? Did you have anyone in your life, guys, gals, that were there to kind of lean on as you're making that transition? Because you're moving into new territory. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Not really, like my dad, I guess, okay. offered a lot of advice. Good old advice. dad, right on. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, but I didn't have the a really sturdy business mentor, I okay. guess, or a, a go-to that would help me guide. And I wish... Like, I, I wish that I did. Yeah, I guess. it's
0: always good to look back and go, okay, if I was going to do it again, what, totally. what, what could make it easy? Because again, I always joke, I, I hung out with, I, I used to be in a business group, and there's my buddy I always used to say, he goes, I'm in this group because someone here has already stepped on a landmine that I'm about to step on. Totally. But you know, and you see it, and I'm blind to it, and I'm just running along. And it's so important to have that perspective. So at that time, you didn't, well, you had your dad, which is good. And we're not going to downplay dad. No, was, no, no. He's,
1: he's great at advice. So that <laughs> that was good.
0: Uh, dad advice, yes. <laughs> but
1: I think, like what we talked about earlier, when you're making transitions, or you're starting a new path, like having a personal trainer is good because they tell you what to do and what not to do and the right smart thing to do. And at the time, I wish that I had like a business coach or someone to give me the advice of like what's right and what's like what I should do, maybe offer their advice of if I should become an entrepreneur, if I should stay in this position or Mm -hmm. how that would even look because I had no idea. And when it's your life, you're very emotional about it. And so it's hard to make those decisions.
0: You're so right. You get so close to it. Yeah. We joke here all the time. It's a saying we've had for years. It's hard to see the label when you're inside the bottle.
1: Exactly. And when it's your
0: own life, that bottle is filled with emotions and like people in your life, they're close to you that maybe aren't, they care about you, but maybe not necessarily have the right advice. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. My mom mom really cares, but I'm not going to ask my mom business advice necessarily. Right. (laughs) But I know she wants what's best for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We're
0: having people that are almost willing to like almost willing to offend you to give you the right advice.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you don't yep. like
0: what they said, but after you're like,
1: oh, I know they're right, but I just didn't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Exact same with a personal trainer. It's that's, like yes, you can't sir. have donuts anymore. It's like, well, I don't like that, but I know you're right. If
0: you liked your personal trainer at the end of the workout, it was kinda of, I, I, I was okay if they didn't like me a little bit. They're like, I really don't like you right now. I'm like, that's okay.
1: Yep. That's something that we, comes with time with being a personal trainer. <laughs> just like see you next week. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: We'll be don't worry, we'll be friends again. This yeah. this too shall pass. <laughs>
1: Exactly. So how long?
0: How long until you? So you were were in that environment in kind of the quote unquote full time job, but but now in fitness. So you made, you made the transition kind yep. of into where you you knew you were you knew you were always headed. Um, and how long until you made the move to doing your own like purely doing your own thing?
1: I was in the director role for maybe two years. Okay. I, I slowly stepped back, so I was like the the overall fitness director, and then I was just the personal training director. And then I just really wanted to focus on my own company and just work with like training people. And then I found that I had like I have to market myself. And then I just found that I was just really interested in the marketing. Well,
0: it's interesting because that hat that you'd worn at the at the engineering firm started to like you know you don't the skills were in there. Yeah. Right. Oh, interesting. So how was this? So when did you? When, it's interesting and. Uh, was that an environment and not to call it heavens? Did they allow you to kind of trans? Cause sometimes it's challenged. You started a senior role and you're like, this isn't for me. Sometimes it's often hard to dial back at companies cause there's politics. And were you able to stay there and kind of being, and let them, did they allow you to step down from that senior role, but still kind of stay in the environment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Kudos to
0: them. Cause not a lot of companies are good at that. It's like, we hired you for this and you're not good. And then it kind of creates tension. And, yeah. but that allowed you to kind of stay in that environment and do what was more in, in like true to you.
1: Yeah, no, they were super supportive and they understand or understood that, I wanted to focus on training and they, yeah, absolutely 100% supported me on that transition. That's good to
0: hear because I think a lot of companies, like, I, again, speaking from personal experience, I've seen a lot of companies drop the ball on that yeah, where they don't allow you to kind of be like, let people play to their strengths right? kind of promote people to the as high as they can until they fail and then we get frustrated that they failed except yep. just letting them do the thing that they're the best at totally and, uh, and again good trainers again being someone who's in that industry and, and heavens has been heavens for a long time and Helen like they've run a really good business so Absolutely. having a good trainer is also something as you know someone who ran a gym you're always looking for good trainers yeah <laughs> yep. there's a lot of trainers there's not a lot of good <laughs> trainers quote unquote yeah yeah the best <laughs> trainers are out there you know, you can take a weekend course and be a trainer. Yeah,
1: that's true. But that
0: doesn't make you good or bad. No. If you're if you and some people I think just also have it, there's kind of a gift to, to help people and coaching people that is a bit innate. Yeah. Then you got to then you need to still learn the technical side of the anatomy and the human body still is something you can you can do damage to if you don't treat it
1: respectfully. Yeah. Especially when you're dealing with general population. Yes. Which like a lot of trainers are. If you're in the sports side, there's it's a bit more like relayed on the science yep. side of it yes. all. Um, because they have psychologists and like trainers that deal with the mind. But when you're a personal trainer, they have like a whole pit crew. Like yeah, literally. exactly. Yeah. But when you're a personal trainer, you're kind of in charge of all of those things.
0: You're so right. So what did you find was like, would you put a, would you put a number to it? Like what part of it was the, the physical, the physical part and what part of it was the mental part? Cause I know you and I chatted about this offline and that's, it's, it's a huge part of helping people be successful.
1: I think that um, having the science background is great, but having the knowledge to like, pivot and adjust during the, like, a program is, is more valuable. Well,
0: to me, your, your, your degree was like the perfect, like you had a kin degree and a psychology <laughs> degree, which so much of the, the training part, I think, when you go do the weekend courses, it focuses so much on the physiology and the nutrition and the sets and reps. It doesn't focus on the mental, the mental side of it, which the psychology is everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's make or break.
1: I have a favorite quote called, you could but should you? And I don't know where it came from, but mm, it's apl- like applicable in many, many aspects. But with training, it's like, you could do that, but should you? And like with nutrition, it's like, you could, but should you? Like keto right now, it's like, you could, but should you? And so I, just, I always go back to that quote when I'm dealing with people.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Back to the, back to the end. I read it online. It must be right.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what does
0: somebody do right now? Who's like, especially nutrition, because it is ridiculous right now. Keto and intermittent fasting. And you know, I've always been a nutrition guy because I've realized very quickly in fitness between the mindset and the nutrition, the, the exercise portion was the tiny part. Like yeah. if you got their nutrition, right? Like you can't outwork. You can, I think it was Matt Fraser speaking of like my CrossFit groupie following right now. Uh, he quoted like you can't out train a bad diet. <laughs> no. And, but so many people like I want to go to McDonald's three days a week or whatever. And 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 going on the treadmill and it should it should cancel it all out. I'm like fortunately no. So what does somebody do who's like maybe at home and right now wanting to be self-directed? Where do they even go? Like nutrition. Let's just pick that one. Like let's pick that beast. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. Where where, where does someone go to maybe get some good advice? I don't know. Any 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 besides calling you, calling a good yeah. trainer, but even that is this let's load it. Not every trainer is good at nutrition either.
1: Oh, let me I'm trying to think of like where someone would go. I just think basics is best. Okay. And so everything in moderation basics is best like whole foods eat locally like just very like set those type of parameters versus like don't eat this don't do that try to get focus more on like the positive things that you should be bringing into your nutrition versus on something drastic that you can't do from a lifestyle standpoint or like people are parents and they work long hours like there's so many different things to take in consideration, as I go back to that, yes. um, when you're doing nutrition coaching, but focusing on the positive. Drink water, eat your greens. Like there, nothing, nothing is really new or surprising when it comes to nutrition and being healthy. Except that we still want magic. You, everyone wants the magic. Like, what's the pill? Like, I want you. But, like you said, you can't out train a bad diet. You can't out supplement a bad diet. <laughs> yes. You can't out nutrition book your bad diet. Um, <laughs> you certainly
0: can't out fad your bad. No, you yeah, can't your out bad, your bad <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it, so it's like you, it's nutrition is one aspect, but it's when you take a, even a step back, it's like, how how is your sleep? How's your stress? Are you just moving daily? Like, do you drink water? Do you take time for yourself? Like, can you. Like bring yourself down, like relax. And so those things are almost more important than nutrition. Like they said before that like training is one thing, but nutrition is more important. And now I think that it's changing that nutrition is important, but like everything else, like the stress and everything else that's going on in your life is, is more important than that.
0: The whole, the, looking at it holistically and talking about that, I just touching on sleep. I, you know, I love how sleep has become popular again. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like it's so smart. Like the sleep deprivation and I can, you know, sleep three hours and I'm fine. And like that kind of whole, I'm going to call it what it is. Like almost that macho mindset around sleep. Like it's insane. I know
1: it's sleep is so good for you.
0: If sleep deprivation is a form of torture. It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I, I don't know because if I get a bad night's sleep, I can tell the next day. Absolutely. And I have a an aura ring, so it tells me if okay. I have a bad sleep or not. And I wake up. What is up. an aura
0: ring? Tell me. What, it's is, what so is this cool. magical tool? You have? I know. Oh, tell me about it.
1: What? Um. And so I wear it when I sleep. Okay. And in the morning, it tells me my readiness score. Okay. And it takes like what's in that is like how many hours I slept. Okay. Like REM sleep, deep sleep. And then my HRV, which is heart rate variability. Okay. And so how ready I am for the day. Like there's, we won't go into it, but it can. it's yes. for an athlete. It's a, it's a rabbit
0: hole. Okay. Yeah.
1: And so um, it takes into all of those things, my body temperature. And so it takes into all those things and gives me a readiness score, um, which really is super cool because I can tell with my training or what I did the night before and how it will affect it. So jet lag is huge. Like if I travel, my...
0: I'm just back off two yeah. days. I'm dealing with it right now. My, jet my, lag's a real thing. It's it a, real thing. a real
1: thing. It is a real thing. So my REM sleep will totally be off. And then if I start taking more... Mel- like I take melatonin anyways, but if yeah. I up my melatonin around jet lag, then my REM sleep gets better. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I love data. This it's, is so. I know. It's really interesting. And this
0: is obviously uh, goes to a phone. Like it's, it's yeah. So I app. have an
1: app. And it's called Aura. Yeah, Aura rings. So every morning I wake up in the morning, and I don't know if this is good or bad, but I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, my readiness score is 85. Like, bring on the day. And then some days I wake up and I'm like, 60. I'm like, oh, it's going to be tough. Do you
0: like? Does it correlate? I'm assuming like you like. Okay, can you guess it? Like, okay, I I can. I don't feel 100%. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, like if I can guess it with like just my focus for the day and like the clarity that I have, and then in my workouts, like those are the two things that I can like drastically notice a difference if I'm having a 60 day or an 85 day. So, so interesting. Yeah. So I'm always striving for 80, and then sometimes I'll have a, I think I've had 200 days and I felt amazing. Look out, the world yeah. tear the roof off. Exactly.
0: It's funny, but a bunch of years ago, I think about 3,000 nights ago, because that's, that's what it says how much data I have now, I started using sleep cycle alarm clock. Okay, yep. Similar. And I started to, like, I didn't used to sleep as much, like more six, six and a half. Yeah. But then I started to, and I read a couple articles talking about sleep performance and some testing they'd done in the military. I just had stumbled across them and I'm like, hmm, okay. I, you know, when all of a sudden it's like, I need to start factoring this in? Like, it's, I grew up in a world world where like the more you could longer you could stay up and that was all macho yeah. and so silly and but then I started correlating on a very simple level so I'm going to look into I love what you're talking about here and uh it would just say how long I slept it would say quality but then I'd start to really go okay if I sleep six and a half I feel this way if I sleep seven plus I feel a very different way so I started to create a correlation between time and how I felt Yep. and very quickly I started adjusting my lifestyle yep. to sleep longer and in my average sleep, I think, was six hours and twenty minutes before. Now I'm up to like seven hours and fifteen on my average.
1: I feel way better. Yeah, that's awesome. And if I
0: get a six hour night, like I feel like sh- I feel like shit. Yeah, like, like I notice it different. You get kind of that like your appetite is off. It's sometimes higher. Yeah, it's so it's the power that it has. Like between food and sleep and stress, like those are really your variables.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, the aura ring. Okay, I'm
0: gonna have I'm gonna have to check that out because the sleep cycle they wanted you to put it under your pillow so it sense movement that way. Yeah, but I'm like having my phone under my pillow was not appealing to me. I'm like I just don't. I want it away from me. Yeah. <laughs> so so something like that maybe is an interesting approach but it gives you more data points that you can start to correlate to how, how you feel
1: yeah it's really cool I recommend it for sure
0: oh very interesting do you get your clients do you recommend it to your clients
1: um not so much yet okay, not some, yet. some well, do you're,
0: you're kind of doing it right now I just know so you because your clients are all going to listen I to know this. they are like,
1: okay. Um, it's now,
0: it's now on it's going to be out there in the world now <laughs>
1: Sometimes there's just, um, like, that's a really high level. Like, there's other things that you need to take care of before you start tracking your REM sleep. Uh, Okay,
0: okay. let's not, like, jump right into the fast lane.
1: Yeah, and so it's like, let's get down, like, no processed foods, or let's just get you sleeping versus let's get you, like, tracking your REM sleep or your deep sleep or... Do you know what I mean? Like go, crawl, go crawl, p- crawl, walk, run. No, yeah. no, I got it. That's not... <laughs> so, all right. You, you brought that back. That was nicely done. You're like, wait a second. So, I'm just saying. Our house is a little extreme, like especially with the bedtime routine. We have blue blue blocker glasses to watch TV with. If we watch TV, um, like the... That's awesome. Yeah. So you look like
0: you're 85. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, that's great.
1: And then I'm before- <laughs> picturing you on the
0: couch in your jammies with your blue blockers on. <laughs>
1: it's, it's awesome, yeah, actually. It's, it's intense. Um, and then I want to <laughs> see
0: an article. I want to see like, cause I know you're big on creating content. So like that photo is awesome. Anyways, I'm going to start trolling your social media. Like where's the blue blocker photo? Are they?
1: Where's Lauren's bedtime routine? So it's like blue blocker. You know, people want to know what's your bedtime <laughs> routine. You're going
0: to write in now. I'm kind of curious. Okay. So blue blockers, what else?
1: Um, <laughs>
0: you keep out the light. So it doesn't yeah. stimulate you. It yeah. The your blue brain light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blue, blue light time. is good in
1: the day, but not at night. Okay. Um, like cool the bedroom down. There's like blackout, um Blinds and then earplugs, mouth guard <laughs> or a ring. So
0: this is kind of a new painting an attractive picture here. I
1: know right. And curlers in your hair. It's the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> it's real it's very real <laughs>
0: that's all, but it works clearly it, it's working it totally yeah, works. You, you, so you you do believe in you li- you live it you practice what you preach oh
1: yeah yeah I
0: understand. so you say about a bit extreme you are a crossfit athlete
1: so the <laughs> extreme is
0: kind of in your dna I, I would say like normal people don't do crossfit competitively no. at that level and no. i don't say normal is a bad thing i say that as a compliment
1: yeah when i um normal
0: is kind of an insult in my world I'm like normal who wants to be normal <laughs>
1: CrossFit was a, a fantastic outlet for me after competing in university. Okay. Because you, um, like athletes. So you competed at the
0: university level, college level. Yeah. Okay.
1: And you really identify with that. You identify with being an athlete. Uh, and so after I graduated, I didn't really know what I was going to do. And I maybe, I had a brief struggle, but not too long because CrossFit came. And then I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll train for this.
0: You got to channel the crazy into that. Exactly. The, the, the intensity. Sorry, the intensity. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get it. You're speaking to the choir over here.
1: And so, like, CrossFit came at a perfect time for me.
0: Ah, interesting.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah.
0: What Any any commentary on, like, because it has exploded. It seems hasn't exploded. I'm following it a little bit lately. Uh, since they put it on Netflix and, like, the toughest whatever. And, like, just the level of these athletes and the, how multidimensional they are. And it's just caught on. Like, it seems like it's caught on more. Maybe just, you know, when you start looking at something, you think it's caught on because <laughs> yeah. you're focusing on it. But I don't know. Is there just this... And the Spartan race, there seems to be a lot of things that have spun off around there. Are you still involved in any of that, those types of activities?
1: Not really. Like, I've, okay. I've definitely taken a step back from my involvement with CrossFit. Like, not competing, I guess. And then I would go to the CrossFit Games afterwards. Okay. But they moved locations. They're not in LA anymore. So okay. the appeal to go down and watch is less. It's a, it's a longer trip to travel to okay. go watch them. But I, I just kind of, like, that was one part of my life. And I like it, and I loved it, and I still like cross, but I think for general population, it's a great tool to use, um, mo- Like monitoring the intensity level, obviously.
0: Uh, yeah i right. always as a tra- as a fitness trainer i had a lot of, i had some challenge because i saw a lot of people like, again do i blame crossfit or are do I people just overdoing it right going in and going for you know personal best when like too soon like the crawl the crawl walk run yeah like i'm gonna exactly. go right into like max to failure on every set like the human body if it's not trained for that even if it is trained for that the chance of injuries just seemed astronomically high yeah but it didn't mean crossfit was bad it was mean how you were using it wasn't the best for you <laughs> exactly
1: and it can be scalable and if you have a, a good trainer then the concept of cross- crossfit is fantastic back to the good coach yeah and so it's like CrossFit started because people well there's different aspects but like CrossFit started as like fitness for general population to be like, Hey, let's get together. Come over to my garage. I have a couple kettlebells. We'll figure out what the work it is and we'll do it together.
0: It was kind of like a buddy's hangout thing. Wasn't totally. it? Kind of where it came. Yeah. That's what yeah. I understood it to be.
1: We don't want to be in the gym. We don't want to do sets and reps. Let's do this together. It's just as equivalent to going for a run. Like let's meet by the river and go for a run. It's yeah. like, come over to my gym. Sense
0: of, huge sense of community.
1: Yeah. And that's one thing that I still love about it.
0: And it was back in the mid two thousands when there was definitely a rebellion against the sets and reps yeah. against walking around a gym. Like as pe- a lot of people, like, don't like that environment. Like, no. it, if you like that environment, you're, you're the small percentage. Yeah, but even, uh, even my wife, she, like, loves fitness, super active, does not like going to the gym at all. So she goes yoga, plays sports, but sets and reps, like, just she loses her mind. It's just not, but she'll, she'll play any sport, but put her in a gym. Unless she has the trainer to kind of keep her going and kind of make it fun. Yeah. And that does a different workout every time. She, you know, as a very active person, does not like the gym.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's what CrossFit did really well, is made the gym accessible to people that don't like the gym.
0: Uh, that's a really nice way to put it, which to me, that's a huge win. Yeah. Because anytime you can bring more people into, you know, I think what's the percentage? When I back was in, I was in the gym business, they used to say that depending on the kind of socioeconomic of like the higher the education of your environment, the most you could expect if you plugged a gym down in the middle of an area that had like a within five minute dravias had 100,000 people, the highest you could ever expect to get is 20 to 22 percent of those people would buy a membership.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. The lower the, the average was 11 to 12 percent. Hmm. So if you were planning out your business model of like, I'm going to build this gym and I want to get this many members, but that's just memberships. Yeah. Like attendance would be a fraction of
1: that. Right.
0: Because again, if everybody ever showed up, the gym model doesn't work. No. You know, we're, know. we're selling use of space that you're not going to use, I know. But that's a different story. It's so
1: sad. It is a little it's bit. It's the saddest gym story ever. And it's
0: a real, it's a real story. This <laughs> big know. business, Multi-billion dollar businesses have been I built know. on that story. But it's why I am an advocate of training and I always have been because an appointment is different. You show up for an appointment. Absolutely. You're <laughs> yeah. accountable. Yes, and it's huge. And again, you're going to have a personal experience. You're going to have someone who actually is there to, one, hold you accountable, but also kind of care about your results. Like, that's the thing with training. You end up caring about your clients. It's a very real thing. Yeah. (laughs) How many clients do you work with now? Like, what's your training? uh, As you're transitioning, you're still, though, in in the trenches, I say, quote unquote, you're still working with people? Yep.
1: Um, I train about 15 to 20 hours a week.
0: Oh, that's still significant. That's a lot of clients.
1: Yeah. And then I have a couple online clients as well.
0: Okay. What's, what with. do you see a lot? Like, do, do you do a lot of online training or is it more like, is it something, cause it's a big, it's kind of a craze that seemed to scale, but then I, I know people that tried it and it just wasn't the same as that one-on-one and I don't know, is it still as popular now or I, maybe I'm just not on my radar?
1: I think so. I think for trainers, if you have an online presence and an online program that people can um, work with you at a lower price point and maybe you're not with them, then you, it's a good balance for everybody. Like it, there's definitely a need for it if you're a good trainer and offering a good service. Right. Um, because you can make money without being "quote unquote" on with a right. client, and
0: it also reduces the because training can be expensive for people. Absolutely, yeah. What is training? What's what's an hour training in the city right now? Do you have maybe do, you know?
1: around a hundred? It's a hundred dollars an
0: hour. Okay. Yeah. And that's if you buy a package or it's just like a one, is it still the same? Like you can buy 10 sessions, 20 sessions. Does it still work yeah. that way. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: That model. It, yeah. It kind of is what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's up to around it, which you, you need to, because if you think of the piece, the gym needs to get, or depending on where your environment is and your costs. But to somebody doing that a couple of times a week, it gets expensive.
1: Absolutely. You can
0: spend $800,000 a month,
1: like no problem. Oh yeah. For some people
0: that's not realistic.
1: Yeah. No, it's not.
0: And our boot camps are like, again, I'm using I'm, I'm using you to kind of give me a, a pulse of what's... So are boot camps still super popular? Are still people... Am I going to drive by and see people working out in the park on like s- Tuesday morning at 6 a.m.? Because like, that was huge for a while. That yeah. That took off.
1: Um, the, I think boot camps will be around for sure. They're not going anywhere because it's super fun to work with the trainer and be outside and be with your friends. Unfortunately, Calgary just isn't the best... Location for a good boot camp model, okay,
0: <laughs> fair enough. It simply because of weather related, yeah, so we're talking, exactly. Because right, it snows here and it rains yeah, and it's, it's cold. freezing, yeah, yeah. We're not in Southern California where we can just go to the beach every day, and even if it's a cold day, it's still, it's still, uh, you know, whatever 20 degrees, yeah.
1: Um, what's more popular, what I see a lot of, is the boutique gyms, okay. And so people specialize in a certain area of fitness, so there's the boxing gym, the spin gym, the row gym the yoga pilates bar like everyone kind of picks something and becomes really good at it and and then just specializes someone, someone told me work.
0: that calgary has like the highest per capita for specialized boutique oh interesting anywhere in canada for any oh, city oh interesting yeah it was one of the guys from uh, uh, i think yyc cycle told me that
1: okay and i was like i did not know that it but makes if you makes sense around, you know, they're everywhere they are everywhere and you're
0: right there's a niche from how's the rowing was that called crew or what was that called
1: there was two. Yeah, did, I heard.
0: Did it not work out?
1: The one on seventeenth didn't work out. I don't believe.
0: Okay. Yeah. No. I thought. I thought I heard. I saw them. They were doing like quite a bit of social media, but it seemed like it wasn't opening. Wasn't an opening, and then I heard it didn't, it didn't yeah. work out. Yeah. Yeah. My my two my niece my both nieces row competitively. Oh, cool. So I've recently got. I have an erg in my house now. I've got into rowing and nice. It is a killer workout. Oh like, yeah,
1: it's the best. It will
0: trash you right out. Like, yeah. But without the impact, I love that. Yep. Because I was like, my knees take their toll if I go pound pound to miles, but yep. on there I can beat myself right into oblivion and get up and walk away. After. Yep.
1: <laughs> they're the great. It's the best at home piece of equipment that I can recommend for people. Oh, uh, it's to buy an ERG. Yeah. Because it's low, like it's not that expensive. They're probably around 1200.
0: Or you can get one that somebody's got yep, sitting around Kijiji. for like half price. Yep, collecting dust. Yep.
1: Um, and then they, they don't take up much space cause you can like flip them up and they can go up against the wall. So like versus like an elliptical or a treadmill, you can kind Those of Those are like, commitments. <laughs> yeah. There's huge commitments, but like with an ERG, it's like a great workout like arguably better than the other two. Um, It's a low cost point and it takes up not a lot of room, so
0: yeah. No, I've recently got into it. I was never really attracted to it because also I didn't know what to do on it. Yeah, exactly. So, so my niece kind of writes me out of my program, and so oh, of course nice. it's good bonding with them, and they're they're super into it, and their whole family have gotten into it. So yeah, like, my brother in law's got in shape. They've now like do, they do family row over at the reservoir. Oh, like, cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool how it became like it actually kind of became a big part of their like family. Yeah, brought them together. It
1: built them a community. It absolutely a fitness it, community, and,
0: and it was interesting. They were all like hockey kids and figure skating kids, and they moved them out of that, and not not saying anything negative towards that but there's a lot of politics it was highly competitive it was like my kids better than your kid versus they went to rowing and it was instantly a community oh it's funny you say that and they all of a sudden were part of this family and they were having barbecues and we meet other families and other kids that are rowing and it just seemed like a really positive environment for them as like young adults like 15 18 years old versus the other environment which again not saying it's negative it's great for a lot of people but it was very there was a lot of toxicity and like there's no bad rowing parents screaming at people from the bleachers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's no. Point. I haven't seen they any. F- I haven't you. seen any fights. <laughs> or heard about any fights like on <laughs> the, the dock? Yeah, no. I She's haven't a heard- rowing mom. Yeah, yeah, no. Complete. <laughs> watch out. She's crazy. No, I haven't heard that. But it was really interesting because they built a community and it really brought them together as a family. Oh, interesting. So then, as Uncle Tyler, I'm like, well, I need to get into this and check it out. Exactly. So yeah, then my niece wrote me out a program and then I started doing it again, having good guidance versus just sitting on a rower going back and forth. You're like, what am I doing? Like, yep. what's the point of this? Um. So yeah. Anyways, this is where I That's my wrong story.
1: I like it. (laughs) Worked it
0: in. Um, That's interesting about Calgary and all the. And and I think again, try them all. Like get out there and try it. Find out what you like.
1: Absolutely. I will
0: do a caveat. Be careful with the boxing. Because you can get injuries like there's no tomorrow with like repetitively hitting a bag with kind of just for the sense of high volume. Yeah. Speak from experience, but I have some friends that are like, yeah, I just go in and I beat on the bag for hours. And I'm like, how is that? And they're like, a month later, they're like, oh, I can't, I haven't been for a while. I'm like, what's the matter? Well, I have to go to physio because I hurt my shoulders. Yeah. So do be careful with that because some of those environments, like there's a difference. I always joke, there's a difference between a good workout and just a beating.
1: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) A good workout, you can work out the next day or the day after. Yes. At
0: least the day after. You yeah. It could be a little sore. That's okay. Totally. You know. Sore is so, okay. Yeah. You go to sit down that morning on the hard toilet seat. And you're like, Oh my God, my legs. Like we've all had that. But if that's a week later and it's still like that, it's too much. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: There's an injury waiting around the corner. And I think that's oftentimes what happens. Some people, like you said about where they're at, they jump into the end, to the deep end of the pool too quickly. And it kind of knocks them back out. Yeah. Versus that get in slow and like take the non-American approach of just slowly, take a little bit, just do one more thing that you hadn't done before. It makes such a difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think when it comes back to training, that a good trainer will know that because a lot of people are like, oh, I go to my trainer, I just got killed. And it's like, good trainers don't kill you. It's not a good, it's not a good feeling to have. If you left your trainer being like, oh, I want more. Like that was awesome. Like I'm confident. Like you want. I hate them just a little bit,
0: but I still know that that was good. Yeah. Like I'm getting
1: better. I'm confident. I did good in my workout today. And I'm excited to go back. That's kind of how I would want my to Feeling an accomplishment, I
0: think, is a nice way to do it. Like, oh, I lifted a little bit heavier, or my balance was a bit better, or I noticed like the treadmill, my heart rate wasn't as high, something like that. Like those little wins. Yeah. Because I think we're all little kids, too. You got to game it a bit.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: like, you got to find, like, oh, did I do better than what I did yesterday? Not the other person doing that who's the athlete and, you know, sprinting on the treadmill. Don't do that. Yeah. Try to make it, you know, that's what I do love about the gym, because technically you're really only competing with you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, that's
0: true. You know, that's maybe not how we are when we look over on the yoga mat and go, I my pose does not look like that. I know,
1: right? <laughs> I can get my leg a little bit higher too. Oh, snap. No, I
0: shouldn't have. Um, so so now you're working with tra- – so any advice for trainers or, or out there that are maybe just getting started, they have, don't, like, they've got the skills, they've got the passion, but they don't have the client base. Right. Where, would, where should they start?
1: Um, <laughs> I'm just throwing the loaded
0: questions right. at you one after another. Remember when I said this would be easy? No, no hard no, I'm questions. Like I'm oh, nervous. Well. You're
1: like, you'll be fine. Well, like, you okay. are being, but it's <laughs> great.
0: You've got all of it. I just, I'm just poking at it.
1: Um, learn as much, like it's cliche, but learn as much as possible, like so that you know what is out there. Okay. And then if you, what want, do you mean in terms of what is out there, uh, like learn, like just have a good lay of the land. So know about nutrition, know about, and you don't to be a good trainer. You're kind of a generalist. And so yep. if you can... General
0: contractor for the body. <laughs>
1: exactly. If you're working with general population, if you're going yep. into specifics, that's different. Um, but if you're a personal trainer, you're a generalist. But then from there, you want to niche out. And that's the biggest thing that I see. Because personal trainers, like, I want to help everyone and I can help everyone. But it's like, if you focus on helping moms, stay-at-home moms that want to like, tone up, we'll say, yep. um, then that's all you focus on. And you say it's hard, but you say no to other things and you just zone in on your one niche and you do it for a certain amount of time to see if it's working or not. Because that's the other thing that I find with trainers that they'll niche down and they just don't commit long enough to with that. Oh, niche. That's,
0: that's good. I think that's good. Sound business advice. Right I know, there. right? Yeah, no, they, you're absolutely right.
1: Um, but if it's not, if it's not working, then change. Right. But make sure that you've done everything you can there. But find out what you love to do. Like if you love help like helping people do like structural weightlifting for men, then great or you want yeah just, and then be the
0: best at that thing, yeah, and, and more then, importantly, let people know that that's the thing that you do exactly be easy to buy from
1: yeah and so oh, good
0: advice I, could, yeah. I agree with you, wholeler I think that just I work with larger businesses, small businesses that's just, that still applies like that's yeah. it's a universal
1: yeah it's really interesting because a lot of and myself included. I'm like, I can help everyone. Like, you want to be a better runner? I can help you. Oh, you want to lose weight? I can help you. Oh, you want to tone up for your wedding? I can help you. But it's, um, if you really want to grow your business, if you... If you say no to the other things and focus in on your own lane, it's it's way better.
0: My business partner and I joked, you know, as you know, as you grow and as you get into business, you're not defined by what you say yes to. You're defined by what you say no to.
1: Oh, that's interesting. And
0: it's also harder. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, well, yeah, of course, I can yes. I, I, yeah, know. I know. And if your DNA is you want to help people, like you just said, and I think a lot of people get into fitness because they honestly, if it's not because you want to help people, maybe you should pick something else because it does take some heart and soul for sure. Yeah. Like you got to put some heart into it. You don't yeah. ma- You don't mail it in. No. No. You don't mail it in. You don't get to keep that client. <laughs> Um, but when you want to help people, it's hard to say no.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sure, it can
0: fit you in, or sure, you know, even when it comes to managing your own schedule, oh, sure, I'll do eight in a row. Like, no, you should say no, because you're not the best you by the end. (laughs) Exactly. I know. It's really hard to do, especially when you're starting. Yeah. And you need need to make money. Exactly.
1: I know. And so you don't, you don't know what to do. So you're just like, yes, yes, I'll do it. And then eventually trainers take on too much. Maybe some trainers and then
0: they you're being got maybe. Sometimes. I know maybe
1: that happens. Maybe that um, happened to me,
0: maybe that happened to you.
1: <laughs> but then you're not taking care of yourself. And that's like when it all comes down to it, you have to take care of yourself before you take care of anybody else. And that goes with your clients or your relationships or your family or your friends. Like if you're not getting your sleep in, then you're not showing up the best for everyone else.
0: It is a leading by example, like opportunity. Like I always joked, it was such a selfish career because everything I learned, I got to try in myself.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. You, you know, you should get a good night's sleep, but I don't, I don't believe in that. Like, come on, get, get out of here. Yeah. Like, and, and it shows for sure because yeah. the, the trainer who's got that going on, I think they also, they have a glow. They like, get attracts people in the gym. Yeah. see those trainers that are busier. It's often because they are that, that whole package, I say, quote unquote, and they're kind of living it. Mm. Yeah.
1: And then yeah. it's easy. If you're living it, then you're just sharing advice that you've already done. And so it's, you're just yeah. sharing, it's easier, I guess you could say. Yeah,
0: yes, for sure. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, every individual, you've still got to kind of unpack and understand them and understand what's important to them. Yeah. But yeah, if you're not coming from a place of credibility, you're, you're already on unstable footing. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the landscape these days? So I'm a trainer, I want to get into it. Do I go like do I go work at a gym? Is there, is there lots of places where I can go and kind of like pay rent? That was always a big thing when I was doing it. Like gyms wouldn't let outside trainers come in or so Like some gyms would say, no problem. You pay your X amount per month and you can come and train your clients here. And uh, what's the landscape like for that? If I want to just actually train. Yeah.
1: I think in Calgary, there's more and more places that you can rent space. Okay. Um, that has
0: opened. It seemed like it was opening up years ago. I, yeah. I would assume that would and I it's think becoming more like it's an entrepreneurial, more, like being a trainer is a more of a viable option now.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's a better way to go for everybody because if you're in, responsible, like if I'm a trainer and I'm responsible for my own business, um, and I have my certain niche, I don't want to re- rely on a gym to market that for me. Because the gym is going to market to something and very broad. Yes. Um, and I'm a trainer. And to sell
0: memberships is their primary objective.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that trainers, like the rental space is a good way to go about it. Okay. Um, I think going to a gym model, like when you're, I can't speak for Good Life or World Health because I, I didn't work there. Okay. Um, but I know that they fall under their umbrella of marketing and I, I don't. Like I, you, I don't well, know. I know how over the last five to, to eight
0: years, they've made a huge point from a revenue perspective to drive personal training. Right, that's been a big. You know, I know people that at the senior levels there and it was like, okay, we've got memberships. We're selling supplements. What's our next biggest opportunity for revenue generation? It was personal right. training, yeah. which to me was good and bad because they started promoting personal training, but they also had like the barrier to be a trainer. There was pretty low. Uh, they were selling like at point of sale. Yeah. So they you know, th- good and bad. Yeah. Always good and bad. I'm not being critical, but it, there's always two sides. <laughs> it's
1: always so hard with me with personal training. Cause like at the end of the day, you just really want to help somebody. And then when you bring in the revenue and the money and the cost and the, how much the trainer makes and how much the company makes. Like I'm just, it takes. It's reality though. It's I know reality. for sure. I know, I know but I it, hear you. I think it's like a topic that trainers may have trouble talking about to be like. My experience
0: is absolutely they do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be bold and say they do. They do. For sure. It's a
1: tough conversation.
0: It if, is. And when you know, really to just want to help people. I know, to, uh, but money, it's such a, and, it's, and it's, you know, it's, cause we, we, it's so important, it's such a big part of our life, but we get such low, like any of the fitness courses I took, they never talked to me about billing or charging or what to charge or how to manage it or nope. should I have insurance and what do, I, like, what do I do, liability, like all these things kind of almost, almost quote unquote feel like they're taking the fun out of helping people.
1: <laughs> kind of, a little bit,
0: but, but you know, it is reality. It, it is reality. So in your business, do you, you know, you're coaching people on how to market, do you give them, do you also coach other trainers on how to actually quote unquote set up their business to be efficient? and effective and actually be profitable and actually be sustainable. Let's just take away the word profitable, sustain it as a business.
1: Yeah. Well, with my clients, I like to talk about their end goal and then work back from there. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And so like, what's your end goal? Is that realistic? Okay. Then what does that look like per hour? How much do you have to charge? Is this something you feel comfortable with? Like what, if this is your end goal, how can we get there? Okay. And so, yes, I guess I do talk about it, but it's not like I sit down and be like, okay, this is how much I think you should charge. I think-
0: No, you do you do it like a coaching session. You ask, "What's your? Where do you want to get to? What are you willing?" It's yeah. all back to like putting the program. We joked earlier. It's just it's just a fitness program in different ways. Where do you want to get to? Where have you been yeah. before? Is this even realistic? Okay, yeah. great. What work are you willing to put in?
1: Totally. What skills.
0: You know, what's the skill gap? Like, yeah. okay, you don't have this skill. Like, great. Well, let's go get that, and that'll help us get there. It, yeah. It's just good goal setting and kind of like strategic planning. Really, yeah, exactly. At the, at the end of the
1: day. And I think that like I've been in the industry and I've done a lot of research about it because I'm okay. kind of obsessed with the marketing in the industry and all that. And and so I can Well, give, you're, niching, you're niching
0: down. I'm that's niching it, that's down, your exactly. Right you're, you're, you're practicing what you preach, kudos. Um,
1: that I could offer good advice of what to charge or what you could charge, or if you want to go online, what, what cost that would look like. And so and then because there is a
0: point where you just need to gather information and kind totally. of for it and then say okay what am i comfortable with or like where because your pricing structure can also determine where you sit in yep. the hierarchy like you can do lower maybe higher volume you can you know yep. i heard years ago a consultant told me he goes you can charge whatever you want as long as you service accordingly he goes you can charge $10,000 exactly. an hour but you have to pick them up in a limo and you have to take them to the spa after but it's $10,000 an hour but what are you willing to do to invest to create that it's because it's yep. all about an exchange of value at the end of the yep. day
1: and so it's also like matching the offer to the client so if you want to work at Home moms, you can't have a huge, high-ticket-priced offer. Yes, doesn't make sense. But if you want to work with corporate businessmen, then yeah, you can charge yeah. more money and deliver them their lunches or do whatever you wanted to be, do. Yeah, it could
0: be all part of that lifestyle package.
1: Yeah, and so it's just like like picking your. So niche really, does comes have, back
0: to sorry, sorry. comes back it's to okay. the niche. No, yeah. you said we said the same thing. At the, we're, we're on the same. Actually, we said yeah. the same thing at the same time. Oh, interesting. So how do so typically how, how do people find you right now? It's like you're on social media. Like, so what's working for and What's, what's your marketing? How's it working for you?
1: Um, and so I am really putting myself out there now because it's something when I was a personal trainer, I didn't do. And so I'm learning um, and doing the things that I wish I had told myself at that time. Oh,
0: nice. Okay, cool. That's a nice way to put it.
1: And so I am putting myself out there and practicing what I preach from a marketing standpoint Um, in regards to marketing. And so I take on clients from a consulting basis or I have like a three-month program where I run them through from start to finish, kind of like them bringing a program online. Because a lot of personal trainers want to bring some part of their portion make of their that, business, make that transition. Yeah, Online. they might be successful
0: in this area, but they're like, I don't know about this. I don't know how to. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Okay, so that's what, so. Do you end up working more with people that are already, like I say, quote unquote, already like successful, like actively personal training, and they want to change the dynamic of their business, or do you get more, or is it both? Net new people that are like, I want to get into it. Where do I even start?
1: Um, so far, I think that it's people that I've. That are already training. Okay. I think there is something super valuable about working in the trenches. Yes. I think if you. Doing the thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the thing. If you are a personal trainer and you didn't work with someone one on one and just wanted to go online, I, I don't think I would take you on as a client. Okay. Because I don't think that you have the knowledge or the skill set or the understanding of what people need.
0: Ah, so that's what you would say no to. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what I would say no to. Okay, okay. Um, because there's something valuable. And if you're doing something online, it's not like you're in person with them. And to truly understand people, you have to spend time with them. And you have to see the highs and the lows and the struggles. And then when you market or create a program, you know what you're talking to or working with. Right. And so. Yes,
0: because at the end of the day, it's an individual at the other end of it.
1: Yeah. And for me, like I think that I will always keep one foot in the training a little bit, okay um, because I like it, and I think it keeps me grounded in the industry.
0: what's well, also huge it's it's a credibility, like you're doing it, like yeah, so like, oh, hypothetically, I did it before and I don't do it now. that kind of ivory tower mindset says like, no, I do this every day, here's what works, here's what doesn't work, you know, and
1: also shows you're passionate about it. Right? yeah. You're, yeah, you're like helping people. I like mm. helping people. I like them getting to reach their goals and awesome. being like, "Oh, it's easier than I thought." I'm like, "Mm-hmm." Like that, <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun. That's a I'll fun conversation. It's an
0: amazing. It is such a rewarding. I know when I started doing it, I kind of I stumbled into it a little bit. I was always excited, passionate about it, but I had no idea the reward cycle of helping people. Like when you help someone lose fifty pounds, they don't lose fifty pounds. They change their life. Yeah. And, like I had a couple clients, like hundred pounds, eighty pounds, like like they lost like a full person in yeah. terms of weight. But they they became a, like literally they lost a person's worth of weight and gained a whole new personality. Like it was it was such a rewarding like it was addicting for yeah. a while. I loved it. Yeah, man. Once you learned how to dial like the mental side of it and like really be their coach, but get them on the right nutrition program and the people that were willing to put in the work because at the end of the day you still have to put in the work. Exactly. It was amazing. Like you could just see their whole personalities change. It was yeah. so fun. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was very addicting for a while. Like, yeah. They I, grow like,
1: brighter. Like, that's for sure. They
0: totally do. Yeah. Like they kind of live up to their their whatever their potential and they didn't even know. Yeah. And sometimes. They see their success through your eyes, yeah. And that early, because a lot of times people come in and maybe they don't have the confidence, or they've never like done that. Kind of ownership is so powerful, yeah. And how it gives the confidence that grows out of that is so fun, yeah. <laughs> I it's love scar- it.
1: It's Like if I was to if I. If I was a kid in phys ed class, hung out in the back of the room, and then you turn 50. 50 is a really common age to start personal training. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, no, totally. And yeah, so sometimes. you're, like, the kid in the back of the gym with, like, your gym strip on, and you're coming into a gym. You're like, I guess I'll work with a trainer. Like, it's time. I need to, like, be owner, like, take accountability for my health. And then it's scary. Like, I could imagine. And you're an adult. So it's like... It's a scary. You know, It's
0: very And we, we don't like to feel like, we don't like to feel dumb. No. We don't like to feel like we don't know how to do stuff. Like no. Just as humans. So you, So what do we do? We avoid it. Exactly. <laughs> we we're amazing at avoiding things we're not good at. Yeah. But going to that, it takes an incredible amount of courage.
1: Yeah, it does for sure. And it's your health. So you know you have to do it. Because we, we want to be healthy. It,
0: these days, yeah, there's, there's no getting around it. I didn't no. know. I didn't know that this, this was a concern. I didn't know I should take care of myself. I know. I, right? can't say that I know. Anymore.
1: It's like it, know. Pushed it pushed there's off, a couple, pushed There's
0: up. still an older generation. It's like, well, whatever. It's just genetics. It is what it is. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that's a factor. But yeah. there's, there's a whole bunch of other factors that you can control. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's no need to be a victim for your, of, your own, of your own self. No. I uh, know it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting world and so now as as someone who's mentoring other people do you have mentors like you're you're a, you're a female entrepreneur you left the 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 comfort of the corporate world which again how comfortable that is sometimes yeah. is a delusion especially in the last bunch of years the, the the safe corporate job is not safe anymore so you struck off on your own do you have mentors or who do you, who do you do you have a network that you're part of like are you are you involved in any business communities or I guess just looking for offering perspective for other people that are out there wanting to strike off men or women uh, who do you what's your network? What's your support group?
1: I actually don't have a, like a very strong one and it's something that I'm looking for because I know that I need it. And
0: I put you on the spot twice for this question today Um, because I do believe it's so important. I think
1: Because it's what you're doing for other
0: people. I know. not me saying, hey, you should do this for yourself.
1: (laughs) I know. I haven't found a good fit. So Mm. when you're uh, like, Oh, that's fair. I always like relate it back to personal training. If you don't find a coach that you've like really network with or niche with or whatever, like fit with, mesh with, that's what I'm looking for. it's hard to take advice from them and, and not that I, I see people that give bad advice, but I just haven't connected with the right. No, Well, like, I always do personal person, training yeah.
0: was 75% personal, 25% training. Yeah. The personal part, the connection you had with your trainer or your, you know, your trainer, your coach, whatever it's, it's critical. Yeah. Cause if you don't, you have to have that common dialogue for sure. And if you don't find it, you're right. It's, you're not going to take what they say seriously anyways. <laughs>
1: yeah. I get a lot of, um, like I network with, my clients, obviously, like, in the personal training world. Mm-hmm. And then I get lots of information from the internet. Like, as bad as it is, like, people, you... Well, it's
0: as bad and as good.
1: Yeah, as good just as like, bad like, as like, it like, a, is. like a
0: fitness program, you have to be discerning. Exactly. You can't just believe everything you read. Yeah,
1: but I've been watching YouTube, people, and, like, you grow a connection with... The people online. You watch them like a TV show or read a book and Absolutely you're like you become fans. And so I'm not saying my network is the internet, but um
0: <laughs> So what you're saying is
1: no, there's amazing resources
0: online. I'm not yeah. I don't want to play
1: that down at all. And, yeah. and you're
0: right, the, the interesting world. Even I joked when you came in today. It was like, Oh my god, so good to see you because I've been like following you online and reading some of your stuff and you create a connection. Yeah. And for seeing sure. you tell you, it was kind of it, it felt more comfortable than it should have, being I hadn't seen you for three years.
1: I know. But is
0: that a good thing or a bad thing? As long as yeah. you use it for, as long as it's good, we have a great conversation. To me, it created just more value. Yeah,
1: it is what it is. Absolutely, for <laughs> sure.
0: But it is a weird phenomenon. Yeah. You know, you get to know people by not ever talking to them. It's so strange with the world we live in. But yeah. if, if used for good, it's great.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I always try, like in Calgary, we have a lot of like entrepreneurial things happening. Yes. And so I always am on the lookout for those type of things. Just Okay. To go and, and like, I think it's important to go get out of your comfort zone. Yes. So get out of your little bubble. Yeah. <laughs> so coming on here, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sweet. Good. All right. So
0: first step. That's awesome. Thank uh, you for coming on, yeah. by the way. I know, I, th- I feel you're a little bit hesitant. I stalked you a little bit. It's like, come on on do it and but yeah i i love that you're putting yourself out there this is just another version of it
1: yeah and so i'm i'm always looking for those type of things and i know that the right person or group will come along eventually
0: okay perfect mm. so that's well plan. if anyone's out there who's looking to engage you one as a coach because they're a trainer and they loved what you had to say today or they're a client or they maybe have an entrepreneurial group and they'd love someone like because i know when you're in a group like that you look for other people to bring other perspectives so what's the best way to get a hold of you
1: um so my webpage page is sweats okay. and then i'm on instagram at sweats in the city
0: perfect so where, where did sweats in the city come from
1: I just made it up. Because I love it. It's so, it's I, because I don't
0: even call you Lauren anymore. I call you Sweats in the City.
1: <laughs> I ju- it just came to me when I started doing boot camps outside. And I just thought it was clever. Because
0: naming can be one of the hardest things. I like, know. In business, and people are like, oh, can you help us with naming? I'm like, absolutely. It's so it's hard. Because literally every good name is freaking taken. <laughs> I know.
1: But then it comes down to the branding and it's like it's everything so so, so
0: Sweats in the so yeah and and I've checked if you search Sweats in the City you come up like you own Sweats in the City yeah so by all means please reach out it's been wonderful chatting with you thanks for sharing your story your passion and some of your fitness advice and I encourage anyone who's interested at all to uh, reach out and get in contact with you
1: awesome well Thanks thanks for having me on it was a pleasure thank
0: you